This is the first Sunday of Advent, and and, uh, four Sundays, I'm going to preach on Christmas, get away from the commands of Jesus a little bit, and just take advantage of this holy season and what it affords us in worshiping Jesus. The first Sunday of Advent, I want to talk about peace. The sermon is entitled, Christmas Peace, question mark. Notice that, because... If the angels came to proclaim peace, where is it? Luke 2, verses 8 through 14. And in that region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Be not afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall come to all the people. For to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased." Let's bow together. Dear God, you know how desperately we need peace. We'd like it in our world, but such has not been the case. And so let peace begin with us and spread forth from there. Remind us of what The angels sang and help us live it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the angels came singing, a lot of translations say, peace on earth, goodwill to men. And I know you're familiar with Christmas hymn number 98, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. They're all familiar carols play, and wild and sweet the words repeat of what? Peace on earth, goodwill to men. So if the angels sang peace on earth, goodwill to men, did we misunderstand them? Were they mistaken? Is that really what they sang? If it was, how do we explain the wars? I mean, Jesus himself said you will have Wars and rumors of wars, but be not afraid, I have overcome the world. So Jesus said we're going to have wars, and the angels came proclaiming peace. How can that be? In the last 3,000 years, some statistics say we've only had 300 years where there were no wars in our world. And let me just say this too, because of what radical Islam is doing in our world today, how ironic that in this very location where the angels came proclaiming peace in the Middle East is where bloodshed and violence and hatred has spread out across the world. And let me just say, as an aside here, that if the world does not take radical Islam seriously, they will destroy us all. They will destroy us all because their mandate from their God, Allah, is to make Sharia law, make the Muslim religion worldwide and kill any of those that stand in their way. We've got to stand up 
or they will destroy us. So maybe that's not exactly what the angel said, peace on earth, goodwill to men. Actually, in the Greek, goodwill is not, in peace, are not nouns, they are adjectives. And it says, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace to men of goodwill. Some translations say, peace among men of goodwill, peace to men on whom his favor rests, peace among men with whom he is pleased. So the angels did not come proclaiming peace to the entire world. They came proclaiming peace to those on whom God's favor rests. They came proclaiming peace to the people of God, to men of goodwill, to men on whom God's favor rests. That's who were receiving God's peace. It's not for everyone. It's not for the world. It's just for those who are in a relationship with God made possible by Jesus coming to the world. And so the first thing you want to see this morning is that God offers peace with himself. That's what Jesus' coming did. God offers us his peace. A man was in the hospital dying and a chaplain went to kneel beside his bedside and said, have you made peace with God? And the man said, I didn't know we ever quarreled. And that's the problem. Because in our world today, people don't understand the fact that they are at enmity with God. That we have sinned and that a holy, righteous God cannot have a relationship with us because of our sin. We have been lured by our society into thinking that everybody's okay and there can be a miracle on 34th Street and everybody can have a wonderful life if he has a lot of friends. But the truth is that the only way you can have peace is if you're in a relationship with God made possible by Jesus coming and that's what the angels were singing about and announcing. Because God is not just out there somewhere. He is here with us now in Jesus Christ and Jesus came to build the bridge between us and God, and until we realize that we have sin in our life and that it has separated us from God, there will not be peace with God in our, in our hearts and in our lives. So if you are without Jesus Christ in your life right now, whether you realize it or not, you are at war with God. And there is no peace between you until you allow Jesus to come into your heart and forgive you of your sin and cleanse you. And the peace of Christmas can only come when Jesus Christ brings it. He explains it very clearly in John 14 when he says, My peace I leave with you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. So right there, Jesus made a distinction between the kind of peace the world gives and the kind of peace he offers. And the kind of peace he offers is the kind of peace the angels proclaimed because we don't have world peace, let's face it. But we can still have peace with God made possible through Jesus Christ. And when we have peace with God, then everything else will take care of itself. That has to be the foundation. Because secondly, when you have peace with God, then for the first time in your lives, you can have peace within ourselves. We can have peace within ourselves because if you look around you, you'll see a lot of people who are not at peace with themselves. A lot of people who are 
unhappy, who are struggling, who have difficulty and problems and emotional hang-ups. And, and all, if you just look at the personal self-help therapy books in the bookstore or online or all the things that, that people are dealing with, you'll know that, that their people are struggling at, with peace within themselves. A psychiatrist was examining a patient one day who was just anxious and troubled and there was nothing really physically wrong with him. And the doctor said, you know, I treated someone very similar to you just a couple weeks ago. He said he had a $5,000 debt that he could not pay and it worried him. It kept him from sleeping. He could not rest. It just, it just troubled him and he had such anxiety and stress. And the patient said, well, did you help him? He said, yes, I did. I, I told him to quit worrying that that debt is just a piece of paper not to worry about, that life is too short to worry about it. And the man got better and he got over it. And the patient sitting there said, yeah, I know. I'm the one he owes the $5,000 to. And now I'm worried to death. So everybody is worried and troubled about something. And, and the angels came to say, peace on earth to men on whom God's favor rests. Peace on earth to men of God's goodwill. Peace on earth to men who are in relationship with God. And if you're in relationship with God, then you have peace with God. And you can have peace within yourself, no matter what's happening around you. Paul told us in Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And when you have peace with God, you can have the fruit of the Spirit, which includes peace. And it's, it's a fruit that, that you can begin to cultivate in your lives. The trouble is that we just look around us horizontally, and we see the problems, and we see the wars, and we see the struggles, and we're upset and worried and troubled about many things. What we need to do is just gaze upward about 45 degrees and see what heaven makes possible. The prophet Isaiah said, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. And as long as our minds are stayed on God, as long as our focus is on God, as long as our relationship with him is as it should be and we have the peace of God, and with God, then we can have the peace from God. And that's what the angels were singing about because peace begins with peace with God. And once we have that vertical dimension cared for, then the peace of God can surround our lives and pervade all that we do no matter what is happening around us because God has given us his peace. And if we have the peace from God and with God, and then we have the peace of God, then we can begin to cultivate the peace we can have with each other. And that's the world peace that we long for, that we hope will come one day. Peace on earth among men with whom he is pleased. But isn't it true that even those, 
of us who are in relationship with God can still have conflict. I wonder how many wars have been started on religious basis. How many people hate each other and blame it on religion? And conflict comes because of that. A little research. In the 19th century, the Roman Catholics placed a silver star over the birthplace of Jesus in the Church of the Nativity in Bethlehem. The Church of the Nativity is built over where the location they think Jesus was born in Bethlehem. They built a church there, and the Roman Catholics hung a silver star over that exact location. Well, unfortunately, the Eastern Orthodox Church, which was based in Russia, did not approve of the star, and they wanted to replace it with one of their own um, icons, one of their own religious symbols. The Catholics were backed by France. Turkey had jurisdiction over that location in the 19th century, and so they sided with the French. And then the lines were drawn all over what to hang over the birthplace of Jesus in the Church of the Nativity. Do you see the irony of it? Russia declared war on Turkey and its allies, England and France and Italy and Turkey, all against Russia. And that's how the Crimean War, 1853 to 1856, three years of war, began over what to hang over the birthplace of Jesus in the Church of the Nativity, the place where peace on earth was declared. Can you imagine? We can't even get along with each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. But if you're in relationship with God, made possible by Jesus coming and his forgiveness of sins he affords, then God is in a relationship with you. And if you are at peace with God, then you can have peace within your heart and you can have peace with one another. Because it just puts everything in perspective. It puts all the priorities where they should be. Paul said in Romans 12, 8, insofar as it depends upon you, be at peace with all men. If possible, insofar as it depends upon you, be at peace with all men. <clears throat> so if it's up to you, why aren't you at peace with everybody? And Jesus even took it a step further in the Sermon on the Mount. And he said, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, not that you have something against your brother, but you bring your gift and remember that somebody, a brother, has something against you. You leave your gift at the altar and first go and be reconciled to your brother. <clears throat> once you have done that, once you have attempted that, then come and offer your gift because only then will it be acceptable. If you know that you're not at peace or that someone is not at peace with you, God says your sacrifice means nothing. Because as brothers and sisters in Christ, we have been offered peace with each other. Newman Hall in 19th century England was a friend of Charles Spurgeon. Newman Hall wrote a book called Come to Jesus. He wrote a book and published it, and it did not receive very favorable reviews. As a matter of fact, one literary critic took such exception and wrote such a scathing 
review of the book, and he even critiqued Newman Hall himself. Newman Hall was offended. And so Newman Hall wrote a scathing letter in reply to the critic, defending his book, defending himself. And everything he said was true, but he held nothing back in his opinion of the reviewer. Before he mailed it, though, he took it to Charles Spurgeon and said, what do you think of my letter? And Charles Spurgeon read the letter. He said, well, everything you wrote here is true, but you haven't signed it. Why don't you sign it, Newman Hall, author of Come to Jesus? Newman Hall said, I can't send that letter filled with such hatred and vitriol with that closing. And so he tore it up and threw it away. How many times, brothers and sisters, do we say something in haste or write a letter quickly or reply in a hasty email and send it and then regret doing so? I had a wise person tell me one time that the angry letter is probably the best letter you should have never sent. The hasty, angry reply is probably the best reply you never should have said. And so when someone makes you angry and you're tempted to lash out in response, my advice would be to let it sit for a while Write it, get it off your chest, leave it on your desk. 24 hours later, come back to it. Let's see if you still want to send it. I have found that more often than not, when cooler heads prevail, that I'm glad I didn't say some things and write some things that I felt justified in doing. But I'm thankful I did not because the times that I have responded in anger are the times that I have lived to regret. And perhaps you have too. If you have something against someone, I can't think of a better time in the calendar year to deal with it and let go of it than now. Now is the time. To enjoy the peace that God offers and to have it rest in your heart and then to experience it between our brothers and sisters. Jesus also said in the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the sons of God. And when you're a son of God, it doesn't mean a literal son, it means you embody the characteristic of the father. That's why James and John were called the sons of thunder. They embodied the characteristic of thunder. They were, they were always out there and brash and, and saying things before they spoke. You and I can be the sons of God if we become peacemakers. If we wage peace, we can have the peace with God, the peace of God, and the peace with each other. That's what the angels were singing Glory to God in the highest and on earth. <clears throat> Peace to men of God's goodwill. To men 
of God's favor. And those men and women and boys and girls are those who are in a relationship with God made possible by Jesus coming, which the angels proclaimed. I may be naive, but I honestly think and believe that that peace is possible because the angels proclaimed it. I believe you and I can be peacemakers and we can start off by recognizing the peace that God offers us and then being at peace within ourselves and then going out and offering peace to one another. But it's all got to start with peace with God. And if you are not in a relationship with Him, if your sin has not been forgiven by Him through Jesus' death on the cross, then I'm here to tell you, you're at war with God right now. And He is at war with you. And the only answer is to be forgiven and to believe in Jesus and to let Him be your Lord and Savior right here and right now. Let's bow together. <clears throat> Father, most people in this world don't even know how holy and righteous you are. And as much as you love us and as much as you desire to have a relationship with us, you cannot as long as we have sin in our hearts and lives. We think we're good old boys and ladies and we're going to go to heaven because we're good enough. But that just is not so. And so help us recognize our sin and receive the grace that you offered. When Jesus came as a baby in a manger and the angels danced and sang in the heavens, and said, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom God's favor rests, to men of God's own choosing, to men whom God has blessed. Thank you, God, for the peace that you offered and the peace that resides in our hearts today as a result of that and the peace that we can have with one another no matter how we have been wronged or wronged one another. There is always forgiveness possible and available because of the forgiveness you have offered first to us. Help us be peacemakers, not just in the Christmas season, but throughout the year because you love us and you proclaim peace on us all. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.